This is Better Wealth with Caleb Williams. Hey everybody, I'm here with the one and only Carlton Dennis, and we're going to do 20 minutes of rapid fire. Carlton's full of energy and full of uh, wisdom and knowledge, and we're just going to have a blast. So Carlton, anything you want to say before we get going? I'm excited to be here with you, man. Excited to do this for your audience. This yeah. is exciting. All right. Who is Carlton Dennis, man? When you think of who you are as a person. <laughs> Carlton Dennis is somebody that wants to help other people understand that taxes aren't as hard as everyone thinks they are. And he has made it his life's mission to connect with everyday entrepreneurs and show them how to leverage the tax code to the fullest extent. So when I hear that, I think of, okay, that's the, that's the business answer. And I know you and there's no separation business, yeah. but like, who are like, what, if money was an issue, if you were stripped away from taxes, like what would you do? Like what makes you happy? What makes you passionate and on fire? Oh, okay. So now that you say it like that, I mean, Carlton's a cook, he's a husband, he's a brother and he's a better golfer. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's getting better. Aspiring, <laughs> he's an aspiring golfer. He's an aspiring bodybuilder. And he thinks he's a part-time model when he's standing in front of the mirror. These are all things that would exemplify me in my happiest state. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the things that I love asking people that I admire that can articulate just money so well is what is your framework as you think about wealth? Yeah. So I'm not talking about like a strategy or two, but if you had to teach someone on a whiteboard, how to think about money from beginning to end, how would you walk them through that framework and process? Well, the first thing that I would tell them is that you have to look at money as something that you really don't need. It's something that you need to get rid of. And that's something that I didn't know early on until experiences taught me that. As you grow, you'll start to realize that there are certain teachers that will teach you to hold on to money and there are certain teachers that will teach you to use money. Yeah. And it's one side of the table that will determine your life forever. Are you going to be somebody that uses money as a tool? Or are you going to be somebody that just hoards cash or just be a consumer? Um, and so that's the very first step. And then as you transcend, I guess the next step is like, how are you going to build wealth for your family with money, right? Because all money is, is just strictly a tool. So I think about the longevity of what you're trying to do when you look at money. Yeah. So one of the big, most important things that I believe is clarity, because if you don't know where you want to go in your world, will get you there. Welcome to America. A lot of people are not clear about yeah. what they actually want. What is the question or what is the hack that you, that you go and as you're coaching with people and helping them get really, really crystal clear in what they actually want out of life? Yeah. I always think with the end goal in mind, like strip away everything right now. Like if you're, you know, sitting at, you know, with your family, like, what does that look like? Like, what is the end goal that you picture for yourself? Sometimes people just think about what they want right now. They don't right. think about what they really want. And so they have this mindset of what things can I bring or attract into my life right now, not what things that are going to serve me long term. So from the perspective that I meet entrepreneurs at is I'm looking at what is the end goal for this entrepreneur? Is it an exit? Is it, you know, being somebody that's a digital nomad? Is it living with your family on a lake somewhere? Like what is the end goal that you're looking for yourself? And then how can you work that backwards? Yeah, there's something powerful about reverse engineering the result that you actually want. And that helps you get crystal clear about where you should be spending your time, who you should be spending it with, how you should be spending your money. Exactly. Uh, um, what makes successful entrepreneurs, what separates the successful ones versus the average ones? Their ability to remain focused on themselves. I think most successful entrepreneurs who I've ran across were not infatuated with the other entrepreneur that they looked up to. They have entrepreneurs who they aspire to be like, mm -hmm. mentors that they look up to but they're not trying to become anything other than themselves. They're just trying to tap into their greatest capabilities. Yep. And so I admire those entrepreneurs who aren't trying to live in someone else's shoes, but are trying to make their shoes fit the best. Yep. 
you did a video the other day on good debt versus bad debt. How do you break down the mini framework of good debt versus bad debt? Good debt is debt that that can help you make money, that can help you grow. Um, when I think about good debt, I think about assets. I leverage real estate a lot for my clients and for myself. But there's uh, bad debt as well in this world, and a lot of bad debt um, deals with um, consumer debt, credit card debt, people who are utilizing high interest rate debt for things that aren't going to pay them. And so there's two different ways to build wealth. You can build wealth with good debt, or you can build wealth with just saving cash. Right. Uh, I'm going to ask you about Dave Ramsey in a second, but Dave Ramsey will say that risk needs to be factored into to debt, and a lot of people fail to measure risk. I tend to agree with him as it relates to what he articulates. I don't agree with him on the end result, yeah. but like, where does risk factor in? Like, How do you measure risk? Because it's easy to look at the projections and say, this is amazing, and you and I both have friends that have over-leveraged themselves, yeah. and the underlying value is what was the, the lever that wasn't so valuable. Yeah. I mean, you know, every situation is different. When I think about risk, I think about life experiences. Yeah. And so how can you bring life experiences into the current conversation? Yeah. What data can you piggyback off of that can help you make financial decisions right now? Or even if it's not financially related, how can data from previous situations help you make emotional decisions right now? And so I think risk can be eliminated with having access to information. It's good. It's good. And I, I just want to just take a break and say, it make sure whatever you're getting into, whether it's a business, real estate, whatever you're getting into, a lot of times the risk is having a lack of knowledge. And that's a problem if people aren't using experts or whatnot. That's usually uh, where they're swimming naked. Yeah, that's exactly correct. Uh, Dave Ramsey, he's iconic and um, lots of people know him. What are your thoughts on Dave Ramsey and his teachings? Dave Ramsey amazing wealth coach, definitely has a ceiling. I think that he is speaking to a very big audience and that audience is finding a lot of success until they can no longer find success when it comes to how and how quickly they wish to build wealth. Mm -hmm. And there is unfortunately a finite time that we're here on earth. We, we are going to only be here for a certain amount of time is what I mean to say. And so knowing that there is a little bit of a race towards building wealth and getting the things that you want in life mm -hmm. for some people. Yeah, And I believe that the teachings that Dave teaches serves a population who aren't really aspiring to have the, all the best things in life. Because in order to have some of those best things in life from a financial standpoint, it does, coming out, it does revolve around leveraging debt, coming out of your comfort zones, being willing to take alternative investments as opposed to just yeah. paying for everything in cash. And so as much as Dave Ramsey has helped a lot of entrepreneurs, I think he could have helped even more entrepreneurs if he stepped out of his comfort zone and started showing entrepreneurs the way in which other business owners have built wealth because he knows that's how his money is really built. Yep. It truly if, does. If people want to pay off their, their house fast because they're afraid of the mortgage, is there any, like, any, any question or statement that you would share? Because I think paying off your mortgage could be one of the biggest, most ignorant things you do. Yeah. And it's because of lack of information, right? Yeah. From someone hearing this, like, why wouldn't I want to pay off my mortgage? That means I don't have that working against me. But when you understand what that money can do for you, the equity yep. that you built in your house, what it can do for you long term, and when you really realize how hard it is yep. to save money, I don't think that you would throw your money at trying to pay off your mortgage if someone showed you an opportunity to make 10 or 15 times your money over the next 10 to 15 years, leveraging that same amount of money that you were going to use to yep. pay off your home. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, many of our friends will, will say that he's influenced their thinking and really helped them on their journey. What are your thoughts on Robert Kiyosaki and his teachings? I think Robert Kiyosaki is an incredible wealth teacher. I think he has um, 
shorten the gap for people to understand how wealth is created mm-hmm. by creating a simple model, the cash flow quadrants, teaching people how to go from the left side of the quadrant to the yeah. right side of the quadrant, where they're trading their time for money to investing in assets that help them buy their time back. I think one of the things that Robert Kiyosaki has done really well is simplifying the, the, the money game. Yeah. One of the things that Robert Kiyosaki was trying to do was he was trying to bring his accountants in. Tom Wheelwright to be able to show the strategies that they're leveraging, but there wasn't a real clear message. And so some people fell off. They understood his teachings or you didn't understand his teachings. Yep. What one, one of my critiques is I think sometimes he oversimplifies the real estate conversation, like buy real estate, but Mm -hmm. that's a, that's a really complicated statement. Correct. And so I think, uh, there's, there's, he's gotten, he at least has helped me think the goal, but then really I've, I've learned from other experts to help me go deeper in actual strategies. Yeah. Grant Cardone, I know that um, you spent some time with him. What are your thoughts on Grant? He, he, people usually are very passionately anti-Grant Cardone yeah. or for Grant Cardone. Where, where do you stand on him? Um, I'm definitely for Grant Cardone. <laughs> There's more than meets the eye after spending time with him. That guy is truly somebody who is going to protect his family. He's going to do everything that he possibly can to protect his family, build wealth for yeah. his family. And it's an incredible example for an aspiring entrepreneur or somebody who wants to find success who does have a big passion, a big why. I think Grant Cardone has a big mission, and he realizes that it's his job to make sure that he's using every ounce of energy in his body towards solving his mission. And um, he's been doing an incredible job at that and paving the way for many entrepreneurs for years to come. Any other financial influencers out there that you're like – put a tab on them. They're, they're, they're articulating things in a really powerful way. You know, I have so many friends, even those who live in my network, like Charlie Chang, um, uh, Jake Tran, but from a financial coach, my mother would be one of my big financial coaches. I can honestly say she's definitely paved the way for me. She simplified this entire game of, of money for me, just like how Robert Kiyosaki has done so, but even more so how to really run a business like a real business for someone who's been in business for over 30 years. Her experience speaks for itself, and her ability to coach so many other entrepreneurs to six, seven, eight figures has been absolutely incredible. What's one thing, if you had to summarize all the things that you learned from your mom, what's like the most valuable thing that you've learned from your mom to make you be the person you are today? Easily the most valuable thing that I've learned from my mom that's led me to be the person I am today is don't sacrifice what you want for what you really want. Mm. What she means by that is mm. don't go for something that you want right now just to give up something that you truly want because you couldn't sacrifice long enough. Mm. And I, it speaks to my character so much because I'm such an impatient person. I'm an impatient person in business. I can be an impatient person in the relationship. And it's not great to be an impatient person. But when it comes to being an impatient person in business, you can run into quick cash or quick decisions and ultimately will not serve you in the long run. Maybe that quick cash is not good cash, yeah. or maybe that quick decision is not the most valuable decision for the long term of your, your business or your image. And so being around my mother, being around people who are like my mother, like my wife, she, she reminds me of my mother too, it's helped me understand that I need to be more patient and to sacrifice a little bit more and to not jump into things with such passion and aggression, but to sit back and be more logical and let things come to me. Mm. I think you literally defined wisdom because when I think of someone who's wise, they're kind of taking a step back and not being super reactionary based on their emotions. They're really able to start reading the situation. Yeah. And I think there's a, a lot of relationships and money that can be made. Without <laughs> a doubt. In that space. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're the tax guy. You have 
I think the most fastest growing watch tax channel on YouTube. That's uh, don't sue me if I'm wrong on that. But you have just an ability to communicate complicated situations and make them simple. That's one of the things. I don't know if I've told you this publicly, man. What I admire about you so much is that passion that you have and clarity. You're one of the most passionate, clear people when you speak, and there's no doubt that you're you have tons of people watching a subject that not a lot of people are get excited about. Taxes aren't that. So sexy. talk to me about taxes, man. I we have, um, you know, we have eight minutes left. Give me the tax breakdown, tax hacks, frameworks. I know that I'm, I'm throwing like your whole life has been dedicated to this, but talk to me about taxes and what, what people can get value out just from what you know. People will get value out of understanding taxes when they realize that there's two different types of taxpayers, right? There's taxpayers who go about life January all the way through December and then wait until April to file their tax returns and have a conversation with their tax accountants. And there's literally people who will go about their life January through December leveraging tax codes so when it comes time to file their tax returns, they're not paying taxes. Mm -hmm. Those are just two different people. Those are two different taxpayers, which means they're taking two different actionable steps to get to the results that they get at. One person's not doing anything, which leads them into paying taxes every single year. One person's being proactive, probably working with professionals, which leads them to paying very little every single year. This game that this person that the latter is playing can be played by every single person as soon as they wake up and understand how important that tax burden is for them. And taxes are your biggest expense, it's not your mortgage, it's not your rent, we all know that. But what are you doing to try to mitigate your taxes? Is it simply your job, is it simply your profession, or is it what you do not know about the tax system that's holding you back from reducing your taxes? And that to me becomes so fascinating because for someone who didn't have a background in taxes, I really came into the scene as a sales rep. So I had to sell people on the idea that we had strategies that we could provide to them to help them reduce their tax bill, which means if you're going to be a good salesperson, you're going to need to know those strategies. Yeah. You got to figure out how do you actually solve somebody's problem and even more so, what is the customer thinking about that's preventing them from solving a problem? So the more I spent understanding the customer, the more I spent understanding the strategies, I was able to meet them by providing content that showed them the answers they were looking for. We took that to YouTube, monetized it, and it feeds money and revenue yeah. into our business because people now realize that we're experts in the space and providing information that they didn't have access to from their accountants or CPAs. Yep. I think Tom Wright's quoted for saying, like, all the tax code is is a treasure map to pay as little tax as possible. It is a roadmap to pay the little as possible. So you work with very, some of the most successful entrepreneurs out there, very high-performing individuals. What are some of the strategies that you use high-level? Obviously, we're not going to, in the last five minutes, we're not going to get into that. But, like, what are some of the high-level strategies that you would encourage people to either go onto your channel and start watching more on like this. If you understand this strategy, it could move the needle and the amount of money that you're paying out each year. Yeah, without a doubt. There's taxpayers who will pay for tax deductions, and then there's taxpayers who will invest to receive more tax deductions. And this right here was like the secret sauce inside of the hamburger for me. When I realized that I can help taxpayers avoid taxes without having to constantly spend money more money on ads or more uh, Range Rovers or cars that weighed over 6,000 pounds, when I can get you to keep more of your money but invest it into something that creates the same amount of tax deductions and pays you, now I can put you in a really great position to build wealth. And so I like to leverage depreciation on the tax return as that overarching tax strategy because if I can get someone to buy real estate, I can get depreciation from the building's purchase price 
and use that purchase price of the building and write that purchase price over their tax returns over a period of time. And I can even choose how long I want to really write that off. So you can start really playing some games on the tax returns. Real estate can be so powerful that it can literally offset your taxes year over year. So simply owning investment properties early on could be one of the biggest tax advantages to someone who's trying to reduce their tax bill and build wealth fast. So you would say like if we take Robert Kiyosaki's um, you know, quote kind of for being in the rat race, a lot of people are trying to like just get deductions and they're just kind of like doing their thing. But you're saying if you think like an investor by assets and by having those assets, not only are you providing cash flow now and in the future, but you're also by owning that asset have less taxes. That's 100% correct. It's like literally a double-edged sword. You mean to me? You mean to tell me that instead of buying a G wagon, I can go buy an investment property yeah. that pays me money and then use the depreciation to offset my W two or ten ninety nine yeah. taxes? Then why should I go buy the G wagon? Yeah. I'll go buy the investment property. Yeah. Can we both agree that buying things that you don't want just to pay taxes, not pay taxes, is the dumbest thing in the world? It's not tax planning, and this is yeah. the part that bothers me because there are tax professionals. They'll watch a couple of TikTok videos and then want to charge their customers on the phone for this information. Yeah. Well, why don't you just go buy? Uh, yeah. a G-Wag. Why don't you just go buy a Range Rover? They're telling their customers yeah. to buy something that they don't naturally want yeah. just simply to avoid taxes. That's not tax planning. Yeah, and you're actually spending more money at the end of the day, and it may or may not be helping you get closer to where you actually want to go. Right. What are some that we call this ta- um, TikTok tax tips? <laughs> if Carlton, think about this, like tic- TikTok tax tips. What are some of the things that you hear on TikTok that you're like, oh my goodness, I hope people are not actually doing this? <laughs> Ooh, I think the one that we already mentioned is the riding off a vehicle over 6,000 yeah. pounds, but a lot of people are kind of butchering the actual totally. definition of it. When it comes to riding off a vehicle that weighs over 6,000 pounds, most people are saying, oh, just you can do it with code section 179. Code section 179 just gets you the ability to write off about $25,000 worth of depreciation. You have to do code section 179 in combination with bonus depreciation to write off 100% of the purchase price in that first year if you're buying a vehicle that weighs over 6,000 pounds. So it's not just the one strategy that you heard on TikTok. It's the whole operation. It's the whole hamburger, mayonnaise, ketchup, tomatoes, and potatoes. So that's the part that they're missing. I would say another one is um, the Augusta rule. People are right now telling everybody, oh, you can rent your house to your home and not pay any taxes on it. But people don't know the rules around the Augusta rule or how to legitimately do it. For those that are watching right now, the Augusta rule allows for you to um, lease a portion of your home to your corporation for a set period of time, 14 days or less, and charge your your um, business rent for those days that you're leasing your personal residence to the business. But most people don't know how to structure this correctly. They're not actually having meetings or running it effectively. They're just saying the strategy and hoping people know that it's something that they can and do. And one of the biggest mistakes is they're just hypothetical, like they're just making up what, what the house is worth. And in an audit, that can be very problematic. If you're like, yeah, my house is worth $6,000 a day, where? Give me proof. Exactly. Like, and so, yeah, people are number one, not documenting. And number two, they're, there's, they're not putting a lot of thought in behind it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Abusing the tax code. What Love happens? Um, in the last minute, in the last minute, one of the things I'm most passionate about is helping people get crystal clear and why they are on this earth, what they actually stand for. And one of the things that um, I'm trying to encourage as many people to do is do a, a, a video for their funeral. Because I feel like it changes you while you're alive, mm-hmm. but it also is a video that, if preserved, will have hundreds of years impact in your future family. Yeah. If you were to look into the camera and share with the people that you you love the most, and if this is your last day, or if they were watching this after you passed away, what would you say? Thank you. 
I'd be so grateful. I'd be so grateful that my family has been able to give me the ability to have the platform that I have, that they've been nothing but a support system to me, that I have honestly lived a life where I can say that all the things that I needed have been provided to me and I've had access to. Relationships that I've been able to develop are more than what my lifetime could could give me. They, they mean way more to me. And um, although life is something that's meant to be cherished, if I had to say good say goodbye today. I feel really grateful for my wife and my family and everything that I've had. But most importantly, I would feel like my work isn't done. I feel like my work isn't done because I know that if this was all stripped for me today, I would feel like I was cut short. I feel like I'm just now getting placed on this uh, roadmap to be able to run this race. And it would suck to get um, my shoes taken off right as I'm just now starting to run. And so I feel like there's a lot of work for me to do. But to the next person that picks up where I left off, realize how blessed you are to be in that position and take this, this, these tennis shoes and, and run them into the ground. I love with, with the, teaching people tax strategy. Yeah. I love how passionate you are. And it's like, you are whole dude. You are, when you show up, you show up. And that was one thing actually my wife um, spoke about you is like, I like you, Caleb, the person that you are when you're around Carlton. And I just think of that as like, you are a light and people are better because of you, you're in their life. And so thank you for being a brother. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for like taking on the, the tax game and industry. Um, people are going to have better marriages and lives for the tax strategy that you have in their life. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. It would mean the world to me if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and share this with the people that you know and love.